What's up, everybody, and welcome to our very first episode of Storytime. The first story that we're covering is one that you might be familiar with, with an author by the name of C.S. Lewis. And luckily for us, we have a certified C.S. Lewis scholar as a part of our podcast, Zach Moore. In this episode, he hit some of the major themes of Lewis' life and some stuff that I genuinely had no idea about. It's pretty cool. I enjoyed this episode, and I know you will too. So here it is, story time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to story time. My name is Zach Moore, and on behalf of Where They've Been, I want to welcome you to the first ever story time. And today, we will be talking about one of my favorite authors, scholars, theologians, whatever you want to call it, all the things that he had in his title, C.S. Lewis. Now, first, before I get to that, I just want to share the heartbeat behind story time is to tell people's stories similarly to where they've been podcast, where, you know, you hear people's stories, you know, people that you might know, friends of yours, you might have seen on Facebook that we share. Those are people's stories. We want to kind of also broaden the horizon of um, historical uh, people and their story and how that can challenge us to live a better story ourselves. So for the first one, we're doing C.S. Lewis because he's my guy and I know I'm not an expert, I guess, but I do know a lot. I've read a lot of his books, all those of their his, and uh, I want to share a few resources. If you watch this and you say, oh, I want to know more about him as the person, because these are only going to be eight to 12 minutes long, so I can only get into so much. But First one will be from his mouth himself, surprised by joy, the shape of my early life. He goes into it. It really only goes up to his conversion to Christianity. So 1929, 1930, that's really as far as this goes from his birth in 1898 to, you know, 1930. And then Jack by C.S. Lewis, by C.S. Jack, a life of C.S. Lewis by George Sayer. And the one thing about this is his friends and the closest ones to him called him Jack. Um, when he was like four or five years old, he wanted to be called Jacksy. And then it just came shortened to Jack. So nobody really called him C.S. Lewis. Um, maybe in writing, that was kind of the only time they write letters maybe, but most people close to him called him Jack. Another one which I'm actually reading right now is just called C.S. Lewis by Roger Lancelin Green, who was a colleague of his and a friend of his um, back, I believe that was Oxford or Magdalen College. Um, knew him either way that way. And Walter Hooper. Now, Walter Hooper actually only knew C.S. Lewis the last year of his life. Walter Hooper was an American uh, scholar, and he actually came to become uh his like literary secretary, he would, re- you know, reply in his later years, he would reply to, you know, letters that C.S. Lewis got because he received a lot of letters and kind of organized a lot of the things in his house. So that's, uh, you know, the writers of that one. And then, of course, this is the most uh, recent one, a C.S. Lewis, A Life by Alistair McGrath. Super good one. I enjoyed that one. I enjoy all three of those. I don't really have a favorite, if I'm being honest. Um, if you like pictures, this one has some more pictures in it. So um that's maybe maybe you'll like that one more. But I actually wanted to share, speaking of pictures, is this. It's called C.S. Lewis Images of His World. Now, this one here actually does have, it's basically pictures of where did C.S. Lewis walk? And this one is by Douglas Gilbert and Clyde S. Kilby. But, you know, where did he walk? He loved to walk. Where did he live? Where um, did he, you know, 
actually teach at? Who were his friends that we're hearing about in these stories in his life? Um, who were the closest people in his life? Who, you know, who did he marry? You know, things like that. So love seeing that. It kind of brings more of a picture to it. Highly recommend that if you're interested in it. But to get to it, uh, he was born uh, Clive Staples Lewis. Uh, he was born 1898, specifically November 29th, if you want to, to know. Uh, he was born in Belfast, Ireland. He did not consider himself Irish. He actually, he considered himself more Welsh than anything else, but he did live in England the majority of his life. Um, I believe the only time he was ever out of England was he later in his life, he went on a vacation to Greece, I believe it was. So he didn't really travel outside of uh, the UK at all. Um, he you know, was born. He had one older brother. His name was Warren Lewis, uh, three and a half years older than him. They were the best of friends. They created stories together. The land of Boxen is what they called it. And um, that is something that he it's funny. You can see talking animals already at such an early age. And, you know, it's, it's so funny to see how similar there are so different, too, but similar kind of themes when uh you know the chronicles of narnia come out so just always been about the talking animals so him and his brother again best of friends and they actually lose their mom their uh, mom passed away when c.s lewis was around eight or nine years old and this was something that obviously was hard on any eight or nine year old nine year old boy to lose their mom but what made it i would say worse is it was so hard on their father that he basically sent them out, you know, sent both his brother and him to, you know, preparatory schools, private schools, things like that. He really, I don't think he knew how to handle, he couldn't really handle his emotions that well. He didn't really know um, how to do that. And he really didn't really know how to parent either. So, you know, for better or for worse, he ended up sending, um, he had some, he, his dad, Albert had some, you know, contacts um, at some, you know, preparatory schools, private schools. And, you know, ended up sending him there. He went to a few and there were some that were very were good that C.S. Lewis enjoyed. There were others that were horrible. Honestly, they would probably be like child abuse today. Um, so he shares that in a lot of his stories. So that starts to develop his mind. I mean, through all of this, he's getting a very intellectual mind. Um, you know, he starts, you know, studying Greek at an early age, Latin, reading the classics, reading, you know, Dante's Inferno, all of these things that are like, very high level yet as a young child he's being immersed in all of this so that's something that you see be transformed in him so it goes through all that and then in uh you know world war one happens and he gets sent you know to the front lines basically he ends up getting wounded and i believe it was in the back and the leg he got wounded in a few places and he had shrapnel in him up until the day he died so that was something that he also had in his mind when he when he talked about war when he talked about suffering he really knew what he was talking about he saw the horrors of hell of horrors of hell the horrors of um war and how hellish it actually was so that was something that he talked about, especially during World War II. He, you know, people look to him to kind of know, hey, what are your thoughts? How, you know, God and war and suffering and evil. So he became a voice with that through it later on in his life as well. But basically all the 20s for him, 1920s, were about intellectual growth. Snobbery. He called himself, he he later on in life, he saw how much of a snob he really was um intellectually and you know a prig as the as he called himself. So that was just interesting to see that he was very pro like very, very proud of his intellectualism and 
you see this even, you know, his, his humility after he become, becomes a Christian is probably one of the biggest things about him. So it was really funny that um, how God would do that, that he took someone who was uh, full of pride and then had hit like humility come out after that. So that's basically how the 20s work. But I actually want to share with you his story of how he, how he became a Christian. And he couldn't become a Christian without his friends around him. One of those friends being J.R. Tolkien, um, one of you know his closest friends, closest peers. Um, they spent so much time together. If you've known what the Inklings are, it's just a, him, Tolkien, few, a few others would get together and basically talk you know they would debate they would talk about what they're writing you know uh, lewis would talk about hey these are the first few chapters of narnia what do you guys think tolkien would talk about hey these are the first few chapters of lord of the rings and this is a group of of people that they would be very honest with each other about you know hey that's that's some good writing or that's rubbish like they would call it out and they would be very honest with each other about it simple Christianity was simply something that was just a myth to be thrown in with all of them. But he came to actually see, wait, Christianity is a true myth. Um, September 28th, 1931, Lewis comes to believe in the divinity of Christ while being driven to uh, Whipsnade Zoo. Uh, the next October uh, 1st, 1931, Lewis tells Arthur Greaves, his close friend of his, that he has passed over from belief in God to belief in Christ. And then, um, from August 15th to August 29th, 1932, he, Lewis actually described his intellectual journey to God in a book called The Pilgrim's Regress, written at, at that time uh, when he was actually visiting Ireland. And I actually, hopping over, see, this is why it's important, hopping over to Surprised by Joy, when I talked about when he first basically came to a belief in God, what he said was I gave in and admitted that God was God and knelt down and prayed perhaps that night, the most dejected and reluctant convert in all England. I did not then see what is now the most shining and obvious thing, the divine humility, which will accept a convert even on such terms. So at that time, when he, when he came to believe in God, he wasn't a Christian. He didn't quote unquote believe in Jesus, but he had that progression. Um, and that's a big part of his story. And it kind of blew up after that. He became, a, he became an author. He wrote a lot of books. He wrote um, the screw tape letters, which is about basically two demons, a um, uncle and a nephew demon um, talks a lot about, you know, their schemes of how they, you know, tempt people, how they want to win souls for their father being the devil is very, very dark stuff, but very interesting how he wrote that. The Great Divorce, talking about heaven and hell. Um, he's got uh, A Grief Observed, which is actually, he wrote that after his wife, Joy Davidman, who's an American that he met in the 50s and ended up getting married. Um, and he had two stepsons from, from that marriage. Um, after she passed away, he wrote A Grief Observed, talking about you know, the loss of someone that we love in light of our Christian faith. And he also wrote, you know, obviously Chronicles of Narnia, but as well as a, uh, a sci-fi trilogy, um, Out of the Silent Planet, which is the first one. It's my favorite one. It's really good. Um, basically ends up going to Venus and Mars. And it just, it's a very cool sci-fi trilogy for it. So I highly recommend that. But basically he, you know, writes throughout the 40s and 50s. And, you know, he, he writes letters, diaries. He shares his story with so many different people. And not only that, 
people shared their story with him. And he, he, his friends said he wasn't just a good teller of, of, of stories. He was a great listener as well. Um, and I think because of that, he learned a lot. He can, you know, tell a lot of stories. So this is a very just quick little snippet of C.S. Lewis's life. He was so much more. I could, I honestly, maybe we'll make an hour or two hour long thing for this, but just a snippet of C.S. Lewis's story that he, came from so much loss and so much hurt and so much pride. And he thought that he had it all right. He, he always thought that he was right for the most part. And yet God used him and continue and still to this day uses him as he tells his story. And if you read his story from either, if either, if it's an autobiography or a biography, um, or if you hear stories of people that knew him, his story is still being told to change people's lives. One of his most popular writings is called Mere Christianity, which actually came from a series of uh, radio talks that he gave uh, during, during World War II. So that is something that most people, when they first become a Christian, that's what I did. That's why how I got introduced to C.S. Lewis is I found mere Christianity and I highly recommend it. Whether you're a Christian or not, if you don't have mere Christianity, go get it and read it. It's a little heady at first. I'll be honest. Um, you know, he's a, he's a, a Brit from the, from the, you know, almost 60, 70 years ago. So it's some of the language you might have to Google what certain words mean, but each time I read it, I get a fresh new insight of, really who he was and and who God is as well. Um, and so his story is something that I think is important to all of our stories. And that is that wherever you're at in your journey, whether you're a Christian, whether you're not, it's that God can and will use you and your story to transform not just your life, but other people's lives as well. I'm very thankful for you to all watch this and join me. Um, I hope that the story of C.S. Lewis will help you um, write a better one. So on behalf of where they've been, I'm Zach Moore, and this has been Storytime.